Welcome. You are listening to sermon audio from Day 3 Church in Granite Falls, North Carolina. We invite you to join us online or in person for one of our services. For more information about our church, please visit day3church.org. Day 3 Church, experience a new day in your life. Book of Romans. And the theme of this section of Romans that we are in uh, right now deals with, uh, with salvation. Uh, today, we'll be looking at the uh, last half of Romans chapter 5. Last week, we looked at the first part of Romans 5. And, and the main theme today is basically this. Adam equals death and Jesus equals life. And uh, you'll see that more as we go through this, uh, through this passage. But all in this section, after Paul clearly established we're all sinners, in this section of Romans, he's talking about God's salvation and how God chose to provide that. He used Abraham as an example of salvation being based upon faith alone and not having anything to do with the law or works. The law didn't even exist yet. The Bible tells us that Abraham did this. He believed God, and because he took God at his word, because he believed God, God counted that to him as righteousness. In other words, Abraham did not try and trust in his own performance, which was an impossibility when you look at what the promise had to say, that he would be the father of many nations because of his age. So what good would it be at his age to trust in his own performance? His own performance was non-existent at that point in time. What Abraham trusted in was this. He trusted in the promise of God. And that's the same thing we have to do. We have to trust not in our performance, but we have to take God at His Word and trust in the promise of God that Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And that by taking God at His Word through faith in Him, He grants to us, not that we can earn it or deserve it, but He gives it to us as a free gift of everlasting life. Last week, as he was writing uh, in chapter 5 about peace, was kind of the main theme, how we can have peace with God and have the peace of God in various reasons why you and I can have peace because of our our salvation. Uh, He was more or less talking about substitution. And, uh, And substitution is really just this doctrinal idea that Jesus died for us on the cross. He died literally in our place on the cross. The verses that we're looking at today, instead of talking about substitution so much, what Paul is talking about here is identification. In other words, we, if you're a believer, that means you're identified with Jesus. If you're not a believer, if you've never received Christ as your Savior, I've got bad news for you. You're still identified with Adam, and you'll see today that's not a cool thing. It's not something that you want to be identified with Adam in a spiritual way, even though he's like the father of our race and everything. But identification, believers are in Christ, and that means we're eternally secure when we're in Christ. So since we're talking about identification, the main question that you ought to have in your mind this morning as we go through this message is simply this. Are you in Adam or are you in Christ? I mean, which one of those two categories do you find yourself in? Or are you still in Adam, and, and that means that you've got death attached to your life? Or are you in Christ? Have you, by faith, believed in Jesus? And that means that you now have life instead of have death. And in this section, Paul is kind of contrasting these two thoughts, being in Adam and being in Christ. And, and you'll clearly see that all in this passage. There's this big big contrast taking place. I want you to notice, though, as we go through the message and as I read 
the verses uh, in the process of the message, I, I want you to kind of key in on some words. You really need to pay attention to the word one. Because the word one, it, it's found 13 times in the English Standard Version that we're using today that I've got on the screen. I want you to pay attention to the word rain because the word rain is really important in this passage also and it pops up in verse 14, 17, and verse 21. You need to pay attention to the words more or much more because those words are used more than once in this passage of Scripture. More or less, God does this. God looks at all the human race and He sees all the human race as either being in Adam or in Christ. If you're in Adam and not in Christ, that means you're still a sinner. You're still lost. You don't have any hope other than Jesus, and that's why you need to be in Christ. Because it's only by being in Christ you have forgiveness and salvation. There's no middle ground. There's no like in Adam, in Christ, and something else you can hope for. Everybody that is alive today, you're either in Adam or you're in Christ. That's the only two choices. That's the way God views all the human race. So that is our background. I want you to know there's three main truths today about in Adam and in Christ. Here's the first one. Positionally. Positionally in Adam. Us being positioned in Adam. Here's what that causes. Everyone has sinned. Now, you'll see this as we go through the message. It's not just the idea that we all make mistakes and we all personally sin because we do that. But what you need to understand is this also. Simply because Adam sinned positionally, God viewed all the human race as sinners. Positionally, if you are in Adam, that means that you're a sinner. Look at verse 12 through 14. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who is a type of the one who was to come. And in those verses, you, you see kind of three main things taking place that we need to talk about. First of all, you see the entrance of sin into the world. You see the entrance of sin into the world. And this entrance of sin comes through one man. That's why I told you to pay close attention to how the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to repeatedly in this passage of Scripture to use the word one. He tells us, therefore, just as sin came into the world... What's the method? How did it arrive into the world? Through who? Through one man. That one man is Adam. God had, had made Adam and Eve and put them in a perfect environment. And he told them, you can eat anything that's here, but don't eat of that tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Because the day that you eat in it, you will surely die. And the whole story of that is in Genesis chapter 2 and 3. You've got the entrance of sin taking place in the world because God said, don't do this, and Adam disobeyed. And because Adam disobeyed as our representative, as that first human being, God positionally views all the human race as sinners. Sin entered through one man, 
committed sin and death fell upon him and all of his descendants and death spread to all men because the Bible tells us here that all have sinned. So you've got the entrance of sin through one man, but I want you to notice the results of that one man's sin because you see this is what we need to really be concerned about because it did not just affect Adam, man, it affects us. It affected the whole human race. The results of one man's sin, and by the way, this is you know not what's being taught here, but this may be a little side message we ought to consider is this. Before you think you committing one act of sin won't really affect anybody, it could affect a whole lot of people. Your family, your friends, your church. It says in death through sin. After, after sin entered through one man, it says in death through sin. And so death spread to all men because all have sinned. There's some results here of Adam's sin that we need to key in on. The first one is simply this, death. Death entered into this world because of sin. There was not any death until Adam chose sin. That's what brought death into the world. Uh, immediately, it caused the death of that sacrifice when God killed those animals and He covered up the, the nakedness of Adam and Eve where they tried to cover it with their own works by the fig leaf. So it caused death there. Satan had said, well, you know, has God really said this? And he said, it won't really happen to you. You can eat that, and the day you do it, you're not going to really die. I, I believe Adam started to die then. I think the death process started setting up in his life then. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 22, in Adam all die. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 6, the wages of sin is what? It's, it's death. See, all human beings have, have two common characteristics. We, we give more to our children when we bequeath life to them than just life. In with us giving life to our children, guess what we also give them? We give them the sentence of death. We give death to them, and also we give our sin to them because it's passed down from Adam. Two common characteristics for all men are this. They are sinners and they will die. That's true of every human being. We are sinners and we will die. We might not like that truth. We might not like being told that we're sinners and we'll die. But God repeatedly tells us over and over and over again that we are sinners and because of sin there's death. Not just death, but it was a spreading death, or death spread was a result of Adam's sin. That one sin that came into the world, because the Bible there, Paul wrote these words, so death spread to how many? All. All men. It affected more than just Adam. It affected the whole human race, and we even got a picture of that right close to Adam disobeying God. Because right on the heels of it, guess what happens? Adam has a son to kill a son. In Genesis chapter 4, in Genesis chapter 5, we're told this is the book of the generations of Adam. In other words, this is kind of Adam's legacy. This is Adam's history. And it says Adam lived so many years and he died. And then it goes on with this list of his descendants. And repeatedly it says, and he died, and he died, and he died, and he died, and he died. That's the Holy Spirit making very clear to us that the sentence of sin is death. And it spread to all human beings. It spread to, to all of us. There's another result of one man's sin, and that is that, that all are now sinners. All sin. It says... Because all 
sin. The point Paul is making is this. We all sinned in Adam. Now, you and I choose to sin, don't we? So, you know, we're, and I'll deal with that a little bit later near the end of the invitation. Because some people ask this question, was it really fair for God to look at the whole human race because of, Ad, of what Adam did and say we're sinners? Well, it is fair, and I'll tell you why near the end of the message. But because Adam sinned, God views all the human race as sinners. Theologians refer to Adam as the federal head of the human race. Now, you probably don't like that title either because most of you are probably ticked off with the federal government and everything else, you know, in the day in which we live. But that's, that's who Adam was. He's the federal head of the human race. And that more or less means this. When Adam cast a vote for sin, whether we like it or not, it impacted us. I mean, look, think about it in these terms. We have congressmen and senators you know, that are supposed to represent us, vote on things that we don't like all the time, and it affects us whether we like it or not. Because they're there to represent us. That's what happened in Adam. Adam was representing all the human race, and he chose sin. And when he chose sin, God views us all as being his descendants in Adam. And that means death passed upon us, and he views all of us as sinners. Every one of us are viewed as sinners, not just because we commit sin, but the human species God views as being sinners because He identifies us with Adam and, and Adam's sin. His sin is our sin. His death is, is our death. The, the entrance of sin was through one man. The results of that one man's sin brought in death, not just death for him, death spread into the whole human race, and it made all of us sinners. Look at the rain, or the power, you might call it, or the rain of this one man's sin. Adam's one sin caused a, a rain of sin. It said, For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given. But sin is not counted where there's no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. Now, that might seem a little bit wordy, and it's easy to get lost in it. But what he is basically saying is this. Paul is making a powerful point that we are all sinners simply because of Adam's sin. Because when Adam sinned, the law had not been given. Adam was not sinning against the Ten Commandments. He was not sinning against a bulk of law that God had given. Adam sinned against this. Adam, you can eat of anything you want to eat, but not that one tree. That was the rule that God gave him. He violated that rule. That rule was given to Adam and Eve. It wasn't given to us. We were not there. We were not present. We cannot sin in that same way. And yet Adam's sin is passed upon us, and we are sinners even though we did not violate what Adam violated. All Paul is doing here is using Adam to prove a point that we're all sinners because of Adam. Not just because of our sin, but we're sinners because of Adam and what Adam chose to do. God views us as though we're sinners. Adam directly violated a commandment that was given specifically to him not to eat of that fruit. And the impact of it when he did so was to make all of us to be sinners. 
God's law wasn't even given yet. That wasn't why he was a sinner. More and more or less, here's, here's what Adam's doing. He's clearly proving the point that all men are sinners because positionally, and that's why I used that word a minute ago for this point, positionally we are in Adam. More or less, Paul is saying, saying this. We all know that a man dies if he disobeys God's law. But there was no law from Adam to Moses. And yet, guess what? People did what? They died. Why? There wasn't a law given. Why were they dying? Because of Adam's sin is a point that he's making. But there was no law from Adam to Moses, yet men died. We know that Adam died because he disobeyed a divine law, but the generations from Adam to Moses did not have such a law to disobey. Then death must be from another cause, and that cause is Adam's sin. That's what he's teaching in those verses. He's letting us know that positionally, God views all the human race as sinners because of what Adam did. That's why I told you this morning, all through this message, think about this. Are you still in Adam or are you in Christ? Because being in Adam and not having forgiveness through Christ is a really, really tragic story because it means death came into the world because of one man's sin. Death passed upon your life because of one man's sin, Adam. God views you as a sinner because of one man's sin, Adam. I'm glad there's another Adam, aren't you? I'm glad there was not just one Adam that's given because the Bible calls Jesus the last Adam or the second Adam. And, and we're told that the first one, Adam himself, was a type or a picture or a figure. Uh, it's like a die struck, the impression that's made of a stamp or a, a shape that it would make or a statue that resembles something, a, a sample or a model or a pattern. That's what Adam was. He, he's the, the pattern or sampler picture of the last Adam to come. And thank God, everything that's lost in the first Adam is regained in the second Adam. But positionally, in Adam, we're all sinners. But thank God there's another Adam that comes. And the second thing I want you to see, the second main truth I want you to see today is this. Doctrinally, in Christ, people are saved. Adam makes us sinners. Because of Adam's sin, we all have sinned. But this second man, Adam, this Christ, God's Son, who sent into the world through Him and what He did on the cross for us and our faith in Him, doctrinally, we can change from being in Adam and we can be placed in Christ and doctrinally those who are in Christ are eternally forever saved. Look at verse 15 through 17. For the free gift, I like that, don't you? It's not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more, I told you to pay attention to some of these words, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, who's the second Adam, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of the one man's sin, Adam, for the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. If because of one man's trespass, death reigned, through that one man, 
much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Do you see the contrast that he's making? All between that first Adam and the, and the second Adam, there's a lot of huge contrasts that are, that are taking place. I want us to use the, pretty much the same thoughts that I used about Adam a moment ago. What happened through Adam? The entrance of sin. But through Jesus, here's what happens. We've got the entrance of salvation through one man. Not through many people trying to work their way to heaven, but salvation enters into this world once and for all, final, forever and ever, through Jesus Christ, having paid once and for all, for all of our sins, for all time. Salvation enters into this world through Jesus Christ. Through one man. The free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, that's what happened with Adam. Many died, all the, all the human race. The word many actually refers to all the human race, the, the way that it's used there. But if the free gift is, is like the trespass. So for if, if many died, it literally refers to all men. And you see that in verse 18. For if many died through one man's action, through Adam's trespass, through his sin, much more... Man, I like that. It's not like, well, just a little bit, you know? Much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. Yes, the whole human race is impacted by Adam's sin, but much more at a higher level, much more that grace of God and this free gift that He wants to give us, much more has God's grace and His free gift of salvation abounded to many. It's not based on the works of many, like I said a moment ago, but it's based upon the one act of Jesus Christ dying on the cross for our sins. One act of Adam makes all of us sinners. One act of Jesus Christ paying for our sin upon the cross provide salvation for all of us who will believe and have faith in him in adam through the flesh that makes you a sinner in christ through faith it makes you a saint that's a pretty big contrast isn't it the interest of salvation through one man a moment ago we looked at the results of one man's sin which was what death death spread and all of us were made sinners the results of one man's sacrifice, though, is completely different. It said in the free gift, it's not like the result of that one man's sin that we've already talked about, Adam's sin, for the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation. But look what happens through Jesus. But the free gift, this second Adam, the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. One man sin, and it caused many people to be sinners. One man dies upon the cross, and he offers us a salvation and it takes care of many trespasses and it brings justification into our into our lives break that down like we did the sin a moment ago we broke down the the results of one man's sin break down the results of one man's sacrifice instead of the results of death there is salvation as a free gift get that in your mind it's free you can never earn it there's not one thing you can do to deserve it it is a free gift that god wants to give you through jesus you know what the free gift was? Which, by the way, is a free gift also. Adam gave you a free gift. You know what it was? Sin and death. You didn't ask for it, but because you're his descendant, that's what he gave you. Sin and death to the whole human race. That's Adam's free gift to you. The free gift of Jesus Christ, the second man, Adam, for us, is a free gift of salvation. 
something you can't earn, something you can't deserve, but He wants to make you just and righteous before God. It's the, it's the antithesis of, of Adam's one sin. You have the one sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, and we get salvation as a free gift. The Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is what? Eternal life through who? Jesus Christ our Lord. Man, that's an important doctrinal verse for you to get. It's a free gift. Salvation is a free gift. Free gift. Free gift. Free gift. You can't earn it. The only way you get it is through who? Through Jesus Christ. Instead of the results of death, salvation is given as a free gift. So you're weighing it out, maybe in your mind. Death, eternal death, because you're a sinner, because of Adam. Or a free gift of salvation because you trust in Jesus. Hmm, I wonder which one you'd like to choose. Instead of death, their salvation is a free gift. Instead of the results of a spreading death that Adam brought that we looked at a moment ago, now we've got the results of a spreading justification. It said for the judgment following one trespass brought what? It brought condemnation into the world because of Adam's one sin. But the free gift following many trespasses brought what? Justification. That's the result of what Jesus did for us on the cross. Instead of death, instead of all of us being sinners, through what Jesus did on the cross for us, He wants to give us life, eternal life, the free gift of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. The act of one man, Jesus, gives spread in justification through faith in one sacrifice of one man jesus christ justification is spread to all who believe in adam there were many trespassers because of his one trespass in jesus christ there can be many people saved because of his one sacrifice on the cross for our sins and instead of the results of all being sinners that we talked about in adam a moment ago here's the result we have through the second man adam we have the result of justification. I, I know that's not the exact word study. It means to be made right or called righteous before God, even though you're not. That's what the word literally means. But I like this simple definition of it, and that's why I use it so much when I talk about justification. Literally, justification means this. God makes you just like you've never sinned. i tell you what, that thrills me. You know why? Because I have sinned a lot in my life. But through faith in Him, the results of this second man, Adam, and His sacrifice upon the cross, when we trust in Christ, He makes us just like we've never sinned. A moment ago, as we talked about the first Adam, we talked about the reign of His sin, the power of His sin, the strength of, of His sin. In contrast to that, I want you to look at the reign of one man's sacrifice. It because of one man's trespass, Death reigned. Once again, talking about Adam, what he did. Death reigned through that one man. Much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. What happened because of Adam's sin? Death reigned. Death took charge. Death set up camp. Death was ruling and reigning in this world because of that one man's sin, Adam. Because of what Adam did, all of us become sinners. 
It rained, death rained because of Adam's sin. But the contrast of that is this, because of Jesus and because of His one act upon the cross, because of His one sacrifice upon the cross, much more will life reign through Jesus Christ. Adam brought death, but through faith in Christ, we receive life. John Calvin said this, Christ is much more powerful to save than Adam was to destroy. Christ is much more. Talk about the grace of God abounding for us. Christ is much more powerful to save than Adam was to destroy. You see, God kind of looks at us. I told you earlier, He looks at the human race and He sees Adam and He sees Christ, but God also sees two kingdoms. He sees the reign of Adam, which was his sin and his death. Adam lost the kingdom that God gave him because of sin. God looks at the human race and He sees that reign. And He also looks at the human race and He sees the reign of of Christ for all who believe. In Adam's kingdom, death reigns. In Jesus, in His new kingdom, eternal life reigns. For those who believe, notice this, we're literally the ones who reign. Read that right. He said, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace in the free gift of righteousness. Who's that? That's believers. That's people who've placed faith in Jesus Christ. He's saying, we're the ones who will much more reign in life because of what Jesus did. You wrap your mind around that. Don't push it off one day into heaven. One day we'll reign with Him forever in heaven. Yes, thank God that's true. But He says also because of that one act of Jesus Christ through faith in Him, we can actually reign in life. We can reign in eternal life. We can reign right now. We can serve Him right now. We're part of His kingdom right now. We can reign literally in life. Adam lost his kingship in paradise, but in Jesus Christ, we can reign as kings in everlasting life. We reign much more. How do you define that? God tells us in Adam all this happened, but in Christ much more. We reign in life. Man, isn't that a wonderful thought? To know that through Jesus, much more we can reign in life. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 54, the second part of verse 54 and following says this, Death is swallowed up in victory. That, that death that Adam brought into the human race because of his one sin, through Jesus on the cross, death is swallowed up in the victory of Jesus on the cross and through His resurrection. O death, where is your victory? O death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Positionally, in Adam, we're all sinners. Doctrinally, by faith in Jesus Christ, we're saved. People can be saved. In closing, I want you to notice some more contrast that he, that he gives us. The last, the last thing we're going to talk about is comparatively. We've talked about being positionally in Adam. That means we're sinners. we talked about doctrinally, believing in Jesus, being in Christ. Saves us eternally, gives us everlasting life. We reign with Him. Comparatively, when you compare God's grace to Adam's sin, comparatively, God's grace conquers sin. Verse 8 
13 down through verse 21. Therefore, as one trespass, there's Adam again, being in Adam, led to condemnation for all men. So one act of righteousness, there's the second man, Adam, Jesus. So one act of righteousness leads to justification in life for all men. For it's by the one man's disobedience, once again, there's Adam in his sin, the many were made sinners. So by one man's obedience, there's Jesus again, Father, not my will, but your will be done. And he goes to the cross and he sheds his blood there for our sins by one man's obedience. The many will be made righteous. Now the law came in to increase trespass. That's all the law does is make us more aware that we're sinners, 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 sinners. But where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. So that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. I'm not really going to do as much exposition as I normally do in, in those verses because I want you to clearly see the contrast. I want you to see the difference of being in Christ or being in Adam. So I, I'm just going to take some, some big thoughts out of those verses, and I'm going to read them as contrast for you, and we're going to close in just a moment. And like I challenged you when we first started the message this morning, you need to be sure in your mind where you are. Are you in Adam or are you in Christ? Look at these contrasts. The first Adam, where was he from? The earth, made out of the dirt. The last Adam, Christ is from heaven, God becoming flesh. The Bible literally says that in 1 Corinthians. The first man was from the earth, a man of dust. The second man is from heaven. Second contrast I want you to see is this. The first Adam was the king of the old creation. Genesis chapter 1, God literally told Adam and Eve and, and mankind, let them have dominion, go out and, and, and rule over this world. This is your kingdom here in this creation. The last Adam, which is Christ, is king over a new creation. Because we're told in 2 Corinthians, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's what? He's a new creation. If we're in Christ, he's the one that rules over us. We're part of his new creation, and he's the king over our lives. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Third contrast. The first Adam was tested in a perfect garden. I mean, God put him in a perfect environment, most beautiful place you can even imagine. Everything that he needed. Didn't need clothes, didn't know he was naked. Didn't have to go charge cars like you do, buy clothes. Didn't have to work for his food. God just provided everything. Perfect environment. And yet he disobeyed God. That kind of does away with our excuses a lot, doesn't it? Because a lot of times we'll say, oh, if my life was just better, God, I'd, I'd live for you a lot better. He put Adam in a perfect environment, and Adam chose sin. The last Adam, Jesus, was tested in a terrible wilderness hungry for 40 days and he still chose the Father's will to obey 
in Gethsemane when he's faced there with what was looming in his future, the cross and suffering upon the cross. He said, not my will, but your will be done. And he obeyed and surrendered to the will of the Father. Fourth contrast I want you to get is this. The first man's disobedience brought sin and condemnation. That's what we've already looked at today. and Death upon the human race. But the obedience of the last Adam, Jesus Christ, brought righteousness, salvation, and life to all who believe. Fifth contrast. The first Adam caused death and sin to reign in this world. The last Adam caused grace to reign, and believers also can reign in life through him. The sixth contrast, the first Adam, the Old Testament contains the book of his generations that I talked about earlier, where it says, and he died, and he died, and he died, and he died. In that book, the Old Testament ends with a curse in Malachi chapter 4 and verse number 6. But the last Adam, Jesus Christ, the God-man, the New Testament is the book of the generation of Jesus Christ in Matthew 1, and it ends in Revelation with no more curse. The last contrast. The first Adam brought abounding sin that reigned in death. The last Adam purchased by going to the cross and abound in grace that reigns in righteousness and provides eternal life. I, I didn't put it in the screen and think to put it in my notes, but when it says grace much more abound, you, you want to know what that word means? It literally means this, it superabounds. I, I mean, where, where do you put a limit on it? Where, you know, where's, the, where's the threshold? Where, where's the top of it? There is none. God's grace superabounds. Yes, the sin of Adam abounded in this world to cause us to be sinners and bring death into this world. But the sacrifice of Jesus upon the cross for our sins causes the grace of God to superabound. No matter how bad our sin, how tragic our sin, how disobedient we've been, Jesus paid for it all on the cross and through faith in Him, His grace superabounds over all of it. People ask me sometimes over the years in the ministry, what happens to a baby or an infant when they die? You know what? God's grace superabounds. Baby didn't even understand that they were a sinner or anything yet. God's grace superabounds. Where sin did abound, grace much more abounds. What we had in Adam was sin reigning, and death reigning. In Christ, we have grace and life reigning. So sin no longer reigns. Grace does. Death does not reign. Life does. And we who trust in Jesus Christ reign in life. The Bible tells us in Revelation, Christ has made us kings and priests to God. Those of us who know Christ as our Savior have been made kings and priests to God. So the important question, the question I challenged you with to start with this morning is simply this. The question is, are you in Adam or are you in Christ? I mean, really today, what's your position? Where are you positionally? Are you still in Adam? And that means death and sin is reigning in your life. And condemnation from God is all that you get out of the result of sin. Are you in Adam or are you in Christ? And that means Jesus paid for your sins on the cross. And His grace abounds much more than your sin. And through Him, you have everlasting life. 
and God's grace reigns in your life instead of sin reigning in your life? That's the most important question you need to ask this morning. Are you in Christ and forgiven and have eternal life? Or are you in Adam and you're still guilty before God and still condemned and still danger of dying lost forever and being separated from God for all time? In a place the Bible literally talks about. It's not a fairy tale. The Bible talks about a place called hell. Where there's eternal separation from God. And if you're in Adam and not in Christ, that's where you eventually wind up. You can't help being in Adam. You know why you can't help being in Adam? You were born that way. But you can avoid staying in Adam. Because by faith, you can trust Jesus Christ as your personal Savior and move positionally from being in Adam to positionally being in Christ. So where are you today? I told you I'd come back to this. Skeptics sometimes will uh, scoff at doctrine like this, and they'll say, well, it's, it's not fair for God to call us sinners because of what Adam did. Well, really it is. And, and, and here's why. If, if, if God tested all of us with, don't you eat that fruit like you did Adam, you know what we're going to do? We're all going to sin. If God took the time to test each and every one of us, we all would wind up being guilty because we have this tendency to rebellion and sin. We all would do it. We all would disobey. So it, so it is fair. Because we're sinners by nature, that means through Adam, and we're also sinners by choice. You don't have to teach a child to lie. I mean, you, you get this concept that your child is this little angel and will never ever do anything wrong, and then the first time you catch them with their hand in the cookie jar and the crumbs are all across the floor and they're hiding the cookies behind their back and the chocolate's run down the corner of their mouth and you ask them if they've been in the cookie jar, no. It is fair for God to call us sinners because of Adam's sin, because we sin by nature and we sin by choice. But you want to know why it's really, really, really fair? Because by condemning the human race through one man, Adam, God was also able to save the human race through one man, Jesus. So in light of that, I thank God that He looks at all of us and He calls us all sinners because of what Adam did. Because that same holy and righteous God will look at all of us, and when we place faith in Jesus Christ, He will call us saints. He'll call us His children. He puts us into His family, not because we deserve it or earn it, but because of one act, one righteous act. Jesus died on the cross for our sins. That's why it's fair. And that's why we ought to be so glad that God chose to do it like He did it. Look at this chart. Give you some closing contrast, and then the band's going to come. As Adam's children, we have these things. Ruin, sin and rejection, death, separation from God, disobedience, judgment, the law. As God's children, through Jesus Christ, faith in Him, we have rescue, we have salvation and righteousness. We have eternal life. We have a relationship with God. We have obedience. We have deliverance. And we have grace. Weigh it in your mind. 
just for a moment. Shouldn't take long. Weigh it in your mind. You want to be in Adam or do you want to be in Christ? Let's pray. Father, God, I pray right now if there's anyone here that's not sure that they're in Adam. Lord, I pray that be what you inspired the Apostle Paul to write down. That they would clearly see right now that positionally, that means that death has passed upon their life. That positionally, that means the sin of Adam has made them sinners. And Father, I pray you'd help them and give them the faith they need right now to move from being in Adam to being in, in Christ by faith. We thank you, God, that in Jesus we have the free gift of salvation. We thank you in Him. Instead of a spread in death, we have spread in justification and righteousness and holiness in our lives because of the finished work of Jesus upon the cross. Thanks for listening to this sermon audio production from Day 3 Church. We pray that it has ministered to you. For more information about our location, service times, or other sermon podcasts, please visit us online at day3church.org. Day 3 Church, experience a new day in your life.